eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speaking of relievers, and this trade idea came from Twitter, and it's so minor but so awesome that I have to hand it to Mike Arturo on Twitter. Because you would think when I say, hey, guys, give me some Met trade ideas, it's all going to be the same. Otani, go trade for him. Go trade for this guy. This guy came up with a one-for-one trade that I think you're going to say, huh, that sort of makes sense. And I warn you, it's very minor, but really important. All right, you ready for this one? Who am I the GM for? What was that? Who am I the GM for? You're the GM of the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm listening. All right. I'm giving you Daniel Vogel back. All right? You get yourself a nice power left-handed bat, and the Mets are getting back something they desperately need. A left-handed reliever, Jalen Beaks, all right. Daniel Vogelback, straight up. Done. This is so He's minor yours. but awesome. At He's the same yours. Time. He. I played with Jalen Beaks. He's yours. Take him. Really? All, all. Yeah. I think it's a good trade. I think it does fill a need that the uh, the Rays currently need. They just traded away G Man Choi. Right. I'm not sure what they have. I truly do not know what they plan on first base coming up underneath them. I'm assuming they got somebody ready to go. But I like the idea of having that power bat in uh, Vogelbach. I think Vogelbach would do really well in Tampa Bay. In fact, I think Vogelbach will really play well anywhere if someone will just put him somewhere and let him just play a whole season, which no one seems to want to do. Um, I think they did that do that in Tampa Bay. He would do really well. Jalen Beeks is a good left-handed reliever. Um, he can bring a lot to the table. He can eat some innings. Now, he did have a little bit of a problem giving up home runs uh, throughout the season, uh, which definitely cost the Rays a couple of ga- ball games. But I think that's a very solid pickup for the Mets and a very solid pickup for the Rays. If I'm the Rays GM, you're offering me that trade one-on-one, I'll make the trade. And, and here's the thing about Vogelbach. Vogelbach is a nice player who mashes right-handed pitching. But mm-hmm. I think we as Mets fans look at that DH spot and say, we need better. We need yeah. A guy, we need not a platoon that seems to make sense on paper, which Vogelbach and Ruff absolutely did. It made perfect sense on paper when you looked at the splits, and then it didn't work. Like, Vogelbach mm-hmm. was mostly good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he was good enough. And then, obviously, the right-handed side of the platoon was a disaster. So yeah. I think for us as Met fans, we look at that spot, the DH spot, and say, we just need a bigger improvement. We need a Here's bigger bat. Need. 
you, here's who you need. Basically, you need modern day Carlos Delgado is what you need. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We need a bigger bat. I mean, Jose mm-hmm. Abreu is available as a free agent, and it seems like he's gone from Chicago. I am I'm hesitant on Jose Abreu uh, for a couple of reasons. I think Jose Abreu is a great ball player, but I think Jose Abreu, because of his age, he's going to get paid a decent amount of money. He doesn't hit for power. He's not a guy that I feel like you want to put in. I see what the what the Mets need is a kind of more of a power lefty that can hit both lefties and right. In a perfect world, they need Jordan Alvarez. Of course, right. they're not getting their hands <laughs> okay. on Jordan Alvarez. Uh, in a perfect world, that's who they need. But they're not. I'll getting. trade you everybody um, for Jordan I look at Alvarez. Jose Abreu as a good ball player, but I don't see him as a fit with the Mets for whatever reason. So I do think that Vogelback right now, assuming the Mets have the active offseason, we believe they're going to have ends up being a lefty bat off the bench. And while that's mm-hmm. a great lefty bat to have off the bench, I think that they could use a left-handed reliever more. So I do think that's a great trade from Twitter, Mike Arturo. I think I like it makes it. sense for both sides. Because if you look at the one of the weaknesses the Mets had last year, and granted, they won 101 games at a great regular season. They struggled all year in finding that left-handed reliever. Now, Adam Adovino, for the most part, did a great job of getting everybody out. He was much better against righties, but he survived against lefties. It, it would be nice to add true lefty relievers to this bullpen. Joely Rodriguez was not the answer. So I think it's one of those trades where it just makes sense because I don't think most Mets fans want to see Vogel back back as this, you know, every day, every day DH against right-handed pitching. If he's a lefty bat off the bench, fine. He's only making a million and a half. So he's not making a lot of money, but I don't think we want to see him necessarily getting 500 at-bats. I'll give you one more trade I got from Twitter. Uh, It involves the Diamondbacks, the team you were just talking about. It's from Adrian Reyes, all right? We're trading Dominic Smith. (laughs) We're trading Khalil Lee, which is already off to a tough start because neither guy has that much value. So far, you're getting nothing. We're trading Ronnie Mauricio. Okay. Okay. I like Ronnie Mauricio. And by the way, I I actually think Dom Smith still carries some value. I do think he just needs a change of scenery. I agree. And I think Dom Smith also fits that Jalen Beeks trade. Like it could necessarily be Dom Smith for Jalen Beeks as opposed to Daniel Vogelback. Because, you know, maybe Tampa Bay looks at Dom Smith and says, we prefer him. He's better defensively and he's got a higher upside. And I think we as Met fans, I I really like Dom. It's nothing personal. You're 100% right, though, Cody. It's just time to move on. Like yeah, he that's needs a better scene. And, and having played with the guy, the guy's on the guy's very talented, but yo, know, he's he could be streaky. And when he yes. streaks in the wrong direction, you know, you're if the especially if the Mets are not going to give him the opportunity to work out of said slump, give him get him to somewhere else where he can absolutely thrive. They're clearly not. I mean, they They're made not. a decision halfway through last year that they were done with him when they sent mm-hmm. him down to AAA and never really he came back one time, went back down again, and that was it. So basically, Adrian's putting together a package for Cattell Marte and Mark Melanson. Uh, Mm -hmm. Marte is signed long-term. He's coming off a very average season. They love Marte. You do? They, and not just me, the Diamondbacks love Marte. So they're not trading him. They're not trading him. For the Diamondbacks to give up Marte, so far the first two names, go ahead and scratch them off the list. They're not even going to listen. Uh, if you're talking about Marte. Now, if you want to get your hands on Melanson, we could talk. I think there's a chance to get your hands on Melanson. But if you want Kettle Marte, you're going to have to come with at least one top prospect, probably two. 
Yeah, Melanson, he's another one of those older relievers. He's the opposite mm-hmm. of Bard in that he's coming off a bad year. So yes. you would think his value's down, but the year before that, he was pretty good. So does Melanson have one more good year left? Can I just give you the difference between Melanson and, and, and Barton? But the thing about Barton is it's not just this year. He's It's been three straight years since the 2020 season of the 60-game season. Uh, he's been incredible where Melanson has trekked completely downhill year after year since leaving San Diego. Yeah, I look, Melanson's one of those guys where you want to bring him in as one of the nine relievers you have. Okay, I'm not going to yes. rely on him. I'm not going to give up anything of value for him. Would they move, and it goes back to the whole starting pitcher thing, would they move Bumgarner? He's got two yes. more years if left they could, on his deal. Yes. If, if, you, if you want to make a trade for Bumgarner and you're willing to take on the money, give me Dom Smith. Give me one starting pitcher that can be could pitch in the big leagues right now. Maybe a good high level, maybe a, a upper level prospect that's in AAA right now, and maybe throw me a flex player, and I will make you the trade if you're t- willing to take the money. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's. I think we have to view Bumgarner for what he is now, which is a back middle, back, middle to back of the rotation guy. He's okay. Not- fine, you don't take all the money. Just give me Dom Smith and a top level uh, starting pitcher. And I will, as the Diamondbacks, I will take on 25% of Bumgarner's money, and you guys get Bumgarner. Well, you got to take on McCann, though. I mean, I'm not, you know, take we him We have on. to? Uh, well, then, well, how much of the money of McCann are you, are you going to eat? So James McCann is making 12 this year and 12 next year. Bumgarner's making 23 this year and 14 next. Honestly, how about, they, how about we just trade them straight up for each other? I'll take because on I, the remaining the, money. Because I have McCann. a cheap cat because I have a cheap catcher that I'm paying major league minimum to. McCann would be my third catcher and yeah, he's no. making twelve million. I can't take that on. Nah, it doesn't make sense. I, I actually put together a few James McCann trades because there are teams that need catchers and mm-hmm. they're gonna be teams that miss out on Wilson Contreras. So they're gonna need somebody. And I can see them viewing McCann. White Sox. What was that? The White Sox would do it. You, the White what Sox they should would? Do, I, the White, he had okay. so much success with the White Sox. He had a great relationship with that starting pitching, specifically with Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito pitched his very best baseball, throwing to, J, to, throwing to McCann. Get McCann back over the White Sox. Maybe the White Sox could take on a little bit of the money. You dump a little bit of the money off. Maybe there's a little exchange there. I'm trying to think who could throw Dom Smith into a trade. Maybe you guys get your hands into, uh, I don't know. Get your hands on like a good relief pitcher of some kind and let's make a deal. Well, I was going to offer James McCann for Lance Lynn. I'll take on his contract. He's making eighteen and a half million dollars this I year. I'm giving you Lance Lynn just because of one down year. No, 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 no. No, I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense though. McCann, Dom Smith as kind of a sweetener, and you mm-hmm. take back a reliever because the Mets are going to have to build a bullpen right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edwin Diaz is back, which is great. Whatever you say about the contract, they they had to give it to him. Joe Kelly. You take John Joe Kelly, Ugh. and we will take Dom Smith and McCann. You have to eat the money on McCann. Joe Kelly's insane. Like, certifiably yeah. insane. But fans of any city he's in love him, and New York Mets fans will love how insane he is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're right. He pitches well. We'll, we'll love anything. And that's exactly. what it comes down to. You do well. We love you. Exactly. This is for James McCann. And I've talked to a few Met fans. I've kind of taken this idea to Met fans, and they all say no to it. And and I would say yes, personally. It's bad contract for bad contract, okay? James McCann to St. Louis. They obviously are looking for a catcher. Mm-hmm. Yadier is retired. And I could see the Cardinals saying, oh, we could fix James McCann. He's great with pitchers. be fantastic. And we would take back a guy who is signed for three more years, 
He's making $2 million less than McCann this year, making the same amount of money as McCann next year, and has one more year left on his deal. And that guy is once a Met, always a Met, Stephen Matz. I would pull the trigger on that. Would the Cardinals say yes? They're getting rid of the final year of Matz's deal, and here's your catcher in James McCann. Question, do you want to get rid of James McCann so bad just for the offensive side? Because are we are, are we ignoring what he can do on the defensive side for so, you? I'm going to answer that for you. Um, I think defensively this year, he was very, very bad. I got to tell you. He was not great, but he was day. also hurt a lot. Okay. No, he was. He was. Mm-hmm. But here's the other reason why I want to get rid of James McCann so badly. I literally don't need him. Tomas Nito was so good defensively this he was. year. And he actually was. would accidentally get a big hit and would lay down a bunt whenever I needed him. So Nito, to me, who makes a lot less, is already better than James McCann easy. And then I've got Francisco Alvarez, who I kind of picture I'm working into this slowly where he'll catch half the time, he'll DH half the time. So he's going to play a lot, and I'm slowly going to kind of figure out, okay, can he catch a major league pitching staff? So between Nito and Alvarez, and if I want to carry a third catcher, fine. I just don't need James McCann, and I would rather turn his bad contract into something that can help me in a different way. That's why you could always use starting pitching depth. I would trade him for Steven Matz as bad as he was last year just because I need another arm. I don't need James right. McCann anymore. Now, I love the deal for the Mets. Now, if I'm the Cardinals, I would probably want a little bit more uh, than just McCann. Mets because sucks. it was one year of a contract. Matz also got hurt. And also remember, there was a little bit of bad blood with that whole signing with Steven Matz and the whole issue with the Mets. So much so that when Papa Steve Cohen goes out and tweets about it, I don't expect Steven Matz coming back anytime soon. All right, I got a, I got an interesting one. So the Cardinals have another really bad contract on their team. In fact, this guy this past year was so freaking bad. He hit, let me let me confirm this, 157. And the year before that, he hit 197. He makes $9 million this year, so a little bit less than McCann. And then there's a club option for him next year at 12 and a half. No one would pay. And his name is Paul DeYoung. And personally, let me just explain why I would do this. Paul DeYoung murders the New York Mets. He kills the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. And if I could just bring him in, I never have to face him again. Even if I'm putting his ass on the shelf. So if Why? you're the Cardinals, you, you don't make play the Cardinals enough. You play the Cardinals like two series all year. You don't, yeah. He can't beat you that bad. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I got to check those stats. Oh, my God, dude. He's, he's a Met killer, and for some reason, I can't explain it. He's just falling off the, the rooftop. He just can't hit anymore. He was actually a real serviceable player. Hit 30 home runs a couple of years ago. Now, the guy can't hit. Obviously, the Mets wouldn't have that much of a use for him, uh, considering they have a shortstop in Francisco Lindor, and they actually have a lot of options in their middle infield. Between they Jeff do. McNeil, who you can stick everywhere, and Luis Guillerme, and Eduardo mm-hmm. Escobar, they're, they're fine. And by the way, can you please put on the record on this show how early on I've been talking to you about Luis Guillerme? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You love Luis Guillerme? Is that what you're saying? I have loved Luis Guillerme since the moment I set eyes on this guy in early 2017. 
I'm thrilled that he is where he is. Now, do I want him to get in better shape? Yeah, I do. He kind of like looks a little chunky. I would, I would, I, I've seen him nude. I would like him to get what? in slightly better shape. I played with him. We were together with the Mets organization. Were I've you? seen him nude. I've seen everybody nude. I'll tell you the moment I fell in love with Luis because I've been a, a long Luis lover as well. And I don't know if you were there, so correct me if I'm wrong because I forget the year. This was spring training, so it just bothered Catching me. of the bat? Yes. That the was greatest. It. I wasn't there for that, sadly. It was, it was right before I met him. I believe it was 2017. I was with the Brewers at the time. I went to play the WBC with Team Israel. I came back with the Brewers. I got released last day of camp, signed with the Mets three days later. I go meet up with the team in Double A in Binghamton, completely wearing it over there for about a month. They called, they called me and was like, hey, no, 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 listen, you're only going to be here for a week. I'm like, okay, you're going to keep me here for a month and a half. And if I'm here, for, <laughs> if I'm here in Binghamton for longer than a month and a half, I will burn Binghamton to the ground. Got to exactly a month and a half. Thank God they got me out of there because I was ready to lose my mind. But I played with Giorme there, and um, man, just I have I've only played with a couple of infielders that I think are that smooth defensively. Um, I, I, I in my head like three guys. I played with you know Brandon Crawford, who is probably the best infielder I've ever seen. A guy named Beamer Weems, who you never got to see. This guy uh, was the single greatest infielder of all time, and he never did anything that looked good. He, he, he made everything look lazy and simple, like right. it was boring to him. Um, and then there's Luis Guillorme, who is just the smoothest second, second baseman you could ever dream of. Oh, dude, I, we love him. And the, and the other thing I think that he does that I also appreciate, besides the defense, which is obvious and you laid out beautifully, you could stick him anywhere, he's amazing. Mm-hmm is that he'll give you some at-bats that are just wars. You know, he had that at-bat in spring training a few years ago that garnered attention where he had like a 23-pitch at-bat. And he's doing that on purpose, by the way. He does that on purpose. He's just something. Yeah. He sometimes will go up there with no intention to get on base. He's like, ah, how many pitches do we need? What's his pitch count? Yes. He's only at 20 in in three innings? (laughs) Okay, let's fix that. Oh, And he'll foul off pitches for 20 minutes because he's he's just that good with the – and I, admit, I cannot stress enough how good this guy is. And that's, for me, my baseball porn. When a guy can go up there and have a 25-pitch at-bat, that's my baseball porn. So I love Luis. Uh, he, he shouldn't be an everyday <laughs> player. You know, I think that he's the perfect super utility guy on this roster. He's absolutely but, perfect. Late-inning defense, especially if Brett Beatty's going to become the third baseman because he's shaky defensively. You stick Luis in here late in the game. Or if there's an injury like we saw last year and Jeff McNeil's got to play the outfield, Okay, Luis is the fill-in, and he goes out and plays second base. Honest um, question for you: You as a Met guy, yeah. how how good does it feel? Like for the first, like I'm sure you felt it in the past because the Mets really, even though with the Will Ponce, they still had money. But how does it feel now, knowing that we're doing all these ideas of trades, and really the only trades they should be doing is for back end bullpen arms and just occasional arms when the free agent market is really the Mets's oyster to pick whatever they want. No, it feels great. And and I'll tell you one thing that makes me feel really, really good is as much as I want Jake back, and I'll be upset if the Mets lose him, I will be, I remind myself that the Mets are going to instantly pivot, and they're going to take the $35 million that maybe they allotted for Jake, and they're going to spend it elsewhere. So while I may not prefer doing that, I'd prefer just keeping Jake, it is cool that unlike in the past when the Mets lost Zach Wheeler, and it was like, all right, we lost Zach Wheeler because my ownership is cheap. That's it. I at least know the ownership's going to pivot and do something big and do something mm-hmm. awesome. So it's a saving grace because otherwise you lose a star player and then you just let it go, which I've seen in the past. It's the absolute worst feeling in the world.
So yeah, that makes me and and look, we started this whole thing off with Otani. I really believe this. I think that's the apple of Steve Cohen's eye. And I think that next year at this time, we're talking about the Mets being the highest bidder on Shohei Otani. Now, could he be the kind of guy that doesn't want to play in New York? Sure. So I I can't rule that out. He may not want to come here. So ultimately, he may not come here. We remember a few years ago when we all thought he was picking the Yankees. He didn't. He picked the Angels. So he absolutely could just say, thanks, but no thanks. But I really believe the Mets are going to be the highest bidder for Shohei Otani in one year. And I think that's a part of why when we open this, I wasn't willing to give up as many prospects because I kind of think he's on my team next year anyway. Can I tell you, as a baseball player, uh, I do think the New York thing has been overblown uh, a little bit. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a narrative that's been created more in New York than anywhere else. Um, fan, the players will go play in New York and happily. Like, for instance, I always wanted to play in New York. It wasn't necessarily the Yankees. Honestly, I wanted to be a Met more than I wanted to be a Yankee, but I always thought it'd be cool to be a Yankee. I just didn't want to shave every day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got to say, Met New York is a destination for players. Like it's, no one looks at the uh, free agency. We're like, well, I don't know, you know, playing in front of those fans. Trust me, Philly fans are worse. San Diego fans are not good to you if you're not playing well. Dodger fans aren't good to you if you're not playing well. Um, it, it, it can be pretty toxic in every single fan base. And I know Yankee fans do have a very specific delusion on whether, where their fandom really is, because that I guess it comes with winning 227 championships over a hundred fifty year span. But as a player, I always wanted to play in New York. Always. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. If only you were a super all-star, then we would have loved it. You know what I mean? I wasn't very good. (laughs) I understand. All right, three more names I want to throw at you, all right? Number one, Brian. it's really a combination. It's Brian Reynolds, who we always hear Pittsburgh is looking to move, and I think for the sake of building a bullpen, David Bednar would be the other guy I would sort of That'd attach to him. That'd be amazing to get him. Um, what's the price tag, assuming the Pirates actually give in on Brian Reynolds by himself, and I guess we could throw in a Reynolds-Bednar package. How many prospects do I have to give you for that? Probably two or three. Um, and you, one of which is going to have to be a top prospect. Here's the thing. The, the Pirates are aware they're not looking to win this year. The Pirates have a lot of young, young, young talent, and if anyone's getting anywhere near to free agency, they're looking to move them because they're not looking at this season. They're not even looking at 2024. 2025, I think, is the plan for the Pittsburgh Pirates to truly compete. So they need some players that are ready to play in the big leagues and ready to play at a high level in 2025. Um, so... Quite frankly, give me your top two prospects and eat a little bit of money and maybe throw a couple of uh, good farmhands in between. Maybe one uh, major league pitcher uh, that I could use in the bullpen. But I do know this. The Pirates have a very firm rule that they don't sign anyone unless they throw 97 now. Um, so it's um, you're going to have to give me some top prospects, but I'm willing to part with both of these players and I'm not looking to break your bank. Yeah, Reynolds, I think, makes sense if they lose Brandon Nimmo. Bednar would make sense no matter what. I, if, I, if I'm the Mets, I want Bednar more, more than I want Reynolds. Yeah. I, I really want Bednar more. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And he was a guy we looked at before the deadline and said he'd be a great fit, and obviously Pittsburgh decided not to move him. Uh, another guy who I remember we targeted before the trade deadline, it's weird with him. This guy had a good season. He fell off in the second half, and his road numbers are atrocious, and that's C.J. Crone of the Colorado Rockies. We mm-hmm. mentioned the Rockies before. We're not sure what the hell they're trying to do. Uh, he could be that DH. He could be that guy. We say, all right, 
You're DHing every day. Occasionally, you'll play first base when Pete Alonso gets an off day. Number one, would you be scared off by Chrome because of what I just mentioned? Fell off in the second half. His road numbers were atrocious. I played I played against Crone a lot. I played for his dad. I played with his brother. Uh, CJ Crone is a great right-handed power hitter. Remember everything I said about New York? I don't know what it is. I do not think CJ Crone would be successful as a player in New York. Really? I don't, and I don't know what it is. I do. That is not a, a, a testament on his toughness or even his skill. But you mentioned how bad he was on the road. He's incredible at Coors, but he's also been successful other places. He did yes. a great job in Detroit. Did a great job in Minnesota. But I don't know what it is. I feel like if you go and get your hands on CJ Crone and you put him in Queens, you're going to run into uh, a McCann situation all over again. A Darren huh. Ruff. Darren Ruff is more the better. Uh, better uh, compatible player to him. I think you're going to run into a Darren Ruff situation. Oh, boy. Do you think that's what happened to Darren Ruff? Because sometimes I, I like to assume, ah, you know what? Guys slump at the wrong time. I remember it happened to Jay Bruce after they acquired him in mm-hmm. 2016. So it it's, isn't always necessarily New York, but you think that's what it was with Ruff? Could have been that. Could have just, hey, it's hard to get traded midseason, man. It, you're, especially you're going, if you have a family and everything, you're going to another side of the country. You know, off-field off things, whether you want to admit it or not, they affect they yeah. affect everything. You know, it, it's tricky to get traded midseason. I got traded only one time, and it affected the living hell out of me. I, I get to this new team. I'm trying to get acclimated. I kind of go 0 for 20, and that 0 for 20 spelled out my fate with the organization. And it was just 20 at-bats. I didn't get my opportunity to get my 300 at-bats with them. Um, it was just one of those things. All right, last guy. Um, I can't believe the Red Sox wouldn't just lock him up long-term. And that's Rafael Devers, who's become this superstar left-handed bat, puts up awesome numbers every single season. Um, look, why not? I mean, as much as I think Brett Beatty could turn into a really good third baseman, there's a really good chance Brett Beatty's never going to be Rafael Devers. One more year before free agency. Again, I, I don't understand what the Red Sox are doing in a lot of ways. Mookie Betts should be a Red Sox. Xander Bogart should be a Red Sox. And they let Mookie go. They may let Bogarts go. Devers is so young, too. He's 26 years old. He's one of those guys who's going to get to free agency at an insanely young age. I can't believe that they would trade him. But is that how much is that going to take for me to get my hands on Devers? Too much. My thought is wait a year. Just wait a year. And if you want your hands on Devers, you could get your hands on Devers next season. I do think the Red Sox are going to lock him up. I, I can't imagine the Red Sox allowing Rafael Devers to slip through their fingers. And if it comes to the point where it looks like there is no chance to get a deal done, we're talking a Juan Soto trade midseason this mm. year. Um, we're talking a lot of prospects flying around. And you better believe the Dodgers are not signing back Justin Turner. The Dodgers are going to throw some prospects over the Red Sox to get their hands on Rafael Devers. Devers is so – you get your hands on Devers, whether it's free agency or trade. You're looking at three guys in Alonzo, Devers, and Lindor – that are in the middle of your lineup for the next decade. Like you not are to mention set. you got not to mention you'll have uh you know uh McNeil setting up. Yep. You'll have Marte is still a part of this ball club. Like this that would be a devastating lineup to face. Yeah. That's a game kind of game changing kind of trade. Now yeah, here's the truth about this podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. There's a very good chance none of what we talked about is going to happen because <laughs> <laughs> because the Mets are going to make their active moves in free agency. But if any of these trades happen, Cody, Hoff, and me, we get all the credit. And we'll make sure all we let John Heyman know about that. Thanks I will let John Heyman know about that. John, we had it here first. Damn right. Well, thank you, Cody. I appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure, my friend. 
course, guys. Thanks for having me. Great Cody Decker. Next week on Rico, obviously any kind of breaking Met news, we'll give you analysis. We'll also go through the greatest and worst free agent signings in the history of the New York Mets. A walk Ricky memory lane. That's always fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rico Brunia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>